You're listening to the Moms Unscripted Podcast. I would love for you to stand next to me, but you cannot lick my arm. So, you are an overachiever in your sex life. I mean, life. I could teach a class on it. There's just a lot of poop all over everything, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> well, and really, I just deflect. If there's man topics, I'm like, yeah, that's not what we do here. Hey friends, so I learned a few things about Mother's Day from a pastor named Tom R. recently, and here's what I found out. So in 1905, a woman named Anna Jarvis began a campaign to have Mother's Day recognized as an official holiday here in the U.S. And then in 1908, Congress rejected the proposal saying that if we celebrated moms, we'd have to celebrate everyone else as well. But then in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson signed a proclamation declaring the second Sunday in May to be Mother's Day. However... Anna Jarvis's celebration soon turned to frustration as companies like Hallmark and Russell Stover began cashing in off the day. And Anna said, it should be a day of remembering and celebrating, not of profit. So in 1925, she organized a protest in Philadelphia and was arrested for disturbing the peace, which once again goes to show that moms are fierce and things are usually better if you just do it the way we moms suggested in the first place. Just kidding, kind of. (laughs) But here's the deal. Long before it was an official holiday, Paul, who wrote a bunch of books in the Bible, was reminding people to remember their mothers. As he sat in a jail cell, Paul wrote some pieces of wisdom on scraps of paper and passed them through the bars to his friend Timothy. And so we read that Timothy was in a faith crisis. And we don't know why, but we do know what Paul's advice to him was. He said to remember. Paul said, remember your mother and her faith your grandmother and her faith. He says, remember your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and the faith that lived in them. I don't know anything about either Lois or Eunice, but I do know something about mothers and grandmothers. They're the ones who hold on to faith when we are too weary to hold on for ourselves. They're the ones who hold us when our hearts are broken and mend our wounds and remind us that everything's going to be okay, even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment. They are our first teachers and our first friends, and the ones who are teaching us even now in adulthood. Which is why our conversation is so special today because it has some of the most important people in our lives, our moms, the women who have taught us about life and love and the power of a good meal. They're the ones whose homes still feel like a soft place to land and who are still teaching us about life as we watch them with new perspective as we become parents ourselves. And so without further ado, let us introduce you to our moms. And I'm going to start with my mom, Cindy. She is one of the most interesting women I know and has lived a thousand different experiences from owning a horse farm to running a bed and breakfast. And now she's HR manager for a huge builder in Southern California. She is brave and has traveled to intense places in the world, sometimes by herself. She's a talented artist. She started CrossFit in her 60s and competed in the CrossFit Open. She lives bi-coastally in New York (laughs) and California. She can do a mean handstand, loves to laugh, loves her grandkids fiercely. And she gave me and my brother the best childhood you could ever imagine. And now we are looking for a new man for her to enjoy retirement with. I mean, (laughs) so if you know someone, I feel like we may as well use this podcast for for good, right? Looking for love. Looking for love. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's our duty. Uh, You are really good at this too, Jay. I am, man. I've, I've, uh, I've been called a, yeah, a couple times. So Cindy, you can do a handstand. Well, I could not some, a couple years ago, but I, 
You know, I think I still got a couple more in me. I want to see that. You can do a cartwheel too. Don't she's. Yeah, they're not pretty, but I can, I can, I can make one happen. I, I feel like that alone in your dating profile will get you some dates. Oh, wow. I love Jerry, that. you're so wow. right. I'm saying, you know, oh, guys look for all types of stuff. That's so. right. Oh, She's a very Cindy. talented woman. That's so great. <laughs> Leanna, tell us about your mom. All right. Well, this is my mom, Melinda Miller. I am really thrilled to have her here. Mom, it's really fun to introduce you to um, some of my work world. So it's great to have you here. Yes. My mom Thank you. is a... Mother of three, my older sister, me, and my younger brother. She was a single mom and raised us with a lot of strength, a lot of resilience, and a lot of resourcefulness, let me tell you. Um, she washed a lot of sweaty jerseys in her day. We were all three athletes. And so she knows her way around um, bleach and a washing machine. My mom is now a grandkid to nine grandchildren. So she wow. is also a veteran grandmother. Wow. And she was a junior English teacher uh, for most of my life including she was my 11th grade English teacher, my younger brother's 11th grade English teacher. So we're not going to ask her any questions about that, (laughs) but she taught all of our friends. She was front row at all of our games and matches. And she is still to this day, my very greatest cheerleader. So I'm really happy to introduce you to my mom, Melinda Miller. Thank you. Nice to meet you. My mom is, I'm Chloe. My mom is uh, Karen. And uh, just want to start by, you know, this is not the ideal year to be named Karen, but she is, is thank you. The the least Karen you will meet. (laughs) Um, She's so wonderful. She's my best friend. We talk pretty much every day. Um, except for these past uh, couple of weeks because it's been crazy in the household uh, with my son having to quarantine. So we're in survival mode right now. <laughs> we haven't talked in like two days and she's like, I haven't talked to you in forever. Uh, so uh, she lives in Southern California as well. Um, she's been there for more than 30 years. Before then she was in Nebraska. Um, I'm her only child. Uh, her favorite child, as I always sign That's all of right. our cards. My favorite daughter. I have a sibling, but I'm also the favorite child. <laughs> right. Um, she, I admire her confidence, her strong will. Um, she has, she doesn't dye her hair. That is awesome. Um, also, great. also very trendy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> she takes walks on the beach every day, um, and she loves to take her daily flower photos. Um, we FaceTime, you know, with, with her grandchildren, with my two kids and, um, just have the best time. And she, uh, we love to just, you know, hang out together, be best friends and, uh, just love to just have girl time. And she's amazing. Awesome. That's awesome. And her hair is, is glorious. Yeah, it is. Yeah, if I, I were looking in- for a guy, it wouldn't be hard at this stage. No. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, man. Maybe. No. Uh, well, my mother might be looking for a fella. I don't know. We'll see. My mother. Maybe we should make a show about. We should. <laughs> <laughs> man. Love uh, connection. Yes. Love connection. In, into. The, I don't like the word senior years, but I guess that's what it what it is. Um, my mother. Her name is Patricia. Patricia Ann. Um. Wow. She, she, I don't, you know, to describe my mother, it really is encompassed in the word strength. She's a strong, one of the strongest people I know. Um, She's the mother of five. Um, 
five. I will still say five. She has a gajillion grandkids. She has mom. How many great grandkids do you have? I currently have five with one more on the way. That's right. Yeah. Um, she is the mama to so many more than the kids that she gave birth to. I would call her a servant, um, for sure. She is a minister. She's an author. Um, she has counseled umpteen people. She has walked people through so many hard times. She, um, is resilient in her strength and her faith. Um, I tell you, we all often have this conversation. Who do you want to meet when you go to heaven? Who do you want to meet when you go to heaven? And my mom would be in the line of people of who you want to meet as, as far as the strength. Um, she's strong. She's um, has endured this last year with such grace, having lost her son, my brother, um, and watching her faith play out up close has been remarkable, um, hard, um, devastating, but remarkable. Um, we've learned so much from her. She raised us by herself, um, mother of five kids. And it's a wonder how we all turned out somewhat okay. Of course, I'm her favorite. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, she always duh. says that. <laughs> um, and four girls to boot. Um, and the youngest was her boy. She kept trying uh, until she got her boy. So I'm thrilled to have her with us today. Thank and last you. but not least... My mom, Mary, she's uh, um, probably, I would say, kindness in a servant heart is probably what defines her. I'm going to say you because I'm looking at you. Um, Because really, you've given your whole life to others. You have started an adoption company and where you basically took almost no profit. Your whole goal was to get children into people's homes. Now you travel all around the world, going to different military bases, giving therapy and help for military families. Your whole life is about serving. And I don't know a person that is kinder or more gentle. So we're both going to try to not cry while we do this, because while we were going through podcast notes, reliving old moments, it was a good time. But I, um, I don't know a person that's kinder than you. And so it has been uh, a privilege to be your favorite son. <laughs> There's a theme here. There, there yeah. is. There is. Uh, only son and favorite. I'd like to take oh, both well, of those titles. So, uh, but yes, so super glad to have you have you here. Oh, so fun to all be together. And as we sat around a table talking about who we wanted to talk with, uh, just to encompass Mother's Day, we were like, we need to talk with our moms because there are so many lessons there, so many things that we admire about all of you. And so we've each crafted a few questions that we have. And I think Leanna is going to go first today. Okay. Well, this is really emotional preparing just the questions. So I can't wait to hear the answers from all the moms. First mom, I want to ask you, as you know, I am a single mom raising a boy and two girls, and you were a single mom raising a son and two daughters. And you were born and raised in Louisiana, as you know, and you were in California doing that far away from family. And I want to know (laughs) for my own benefit, but also for the single moms who are listening, how did you do it? How did you do it? Well, I had this very strong-willed middle child, who, of course, is my favorite. Yes. The one called Leanna. Um, And, you know, she gave me a run for my money and um, made me strong and um, helped me survive. 
Thank you for having me here today, ladies. Um, I I believe that um, I can, when my husband uh, in the early '80s, my in a three two and a half year period, my mother, my father, and my only sibling, my sister, passed away in two and a half years. That was a lot of loss, and that was. Uh, the final blow to that was that my husband decided to leave our family. I knew it. My children didn't know yet. We took a short, uh, the children and I took a short vacation and when uh, Easter vacation. And when, when we returned, my husband and their father was not there. We sat down together and I believe this was the beginning of our survival together. My children had heard often in school and Sunday school and Bible club, that God has a promise that says, I will never leave you. I will hold on to you. And we promised one another that day together, my six-year-old, my nine-year-old, and my 14-year-old, that we would be there for one another. We were a team and we would support one another. And we determined that we would be strong together with God's help. And no more apologies. We're on our way. And we weathered um, being a family without a dad. And um, I think that just knowing that we made a team yes. and that there was no more apologizing, that we were going to um, be there one for another. Also, um, I think on a very uh, practical scale, it's important um, that that single mom take care of herself, that mm -hmm. self-care is a real important part of the equation. And um, I was very fortunate that God gave me a handful of women to care for me and to show me how to take care of myself. And one of those women was a neighbor, a longtime uh, neighbor, church friend, and we raised our kids together and shared holidays because we were both far away from family. Another one was a next door neighbor who was a surgical nurse and could help us with so many different needs. Another one was a young woman who was my oldest daughter's coach, and she was a wonderful help with a young teenager. I also had a mature friend who was a teacher of many years. And as I entered the teaching profession, she helped me so much as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And also I had a retired pastor's wife who took me under her wing and sent letters every week, encouraging me and um, praying for me. And um, that handful of women met so many needs. So I always challenge other women, maybe you need to have your team or maybe you need to be on someone's team mm -hmm. and take the gift and the talent you have and help someone else. So th that was our team. And um, we, I think that was a great mm -hmm. help because they were it enlarged our circle for um, my kids. And um, I think that was one of the ways that I did it, certainly relying on the faithfulness of God. My other question for you is, um, 
and this is just a brief story. So my mom, as I told you guys, was the, was the English teacher at our high school. And the, every kid at our high school knew the key is in the freezer. So if they needed to come into our house, they needed somewhere to be, a safe place, someone to talk to, um, nachos from Costco, uh, cheese in a vat in a crock pot, they knew they could break into our house. And the, I mean, I'm telling you, every kid in our county knew the key was in the freezer. And so they could come into the garage, get the key out of the freezer and break into our house. And, um, and they did it. <laughs> Kids always did that. And so I wanted to ask you too, mom, um, how did you do that? How did you create a space where um, our friends, they wanted to be, and it wasn't because everything at our house was modest. We didn't have the best or biggest of anything, but it seemed like kids always loved being there. How did you do that? Um, I think that early, early, I learned that you create a fun place, whether it's your classroom or your home, you create a place of acceptance and love and um, fun and uh, all are welcome. Now, I won't say that every kid in the county came to my house, but certainly many of the kids from our high school and my children's friends, they still knock at my door. But um, <laughs> it's it's important that you create a space. And um, it, it doesn't have to be glamorous. And it doesn't have to be perfectly uh, tidied up. Just come on in and let's listen to one another. Let's laugh. Let's play. And um, I... Uh, after my, you know, I said earlier, my parents had passed away, I took the amount of money that I received from that and told the builder, I want the largest family room you can add on the side of this house, as big as you can make it, all the way to the fence. And so that big family room and the modest swim pool in the back was a place. Yeah. So I created space to go with the fun and the food and um, the listening ear and um the uh, sometimes it was uh, no, I don't think we're gonna, you know, there was some discipline involved in all of this, but um, I knew that that was as a mom and a teacher and uh, Christ follower, that was the way to we had fun mm -hmm. and we welcomed everyone. All right, so mom, Karen, uh, yes, not not Karen. Of <laughs> Not an actual Karen. Uh, so whenever I describe you, I talk about your independence and strength, which you've instilled in me as well. Uh, teach others your ways. Where does that come from? Well, um, I don't know if strength is inherited or not, but I grew up with the strongest mother on the planet. Um, uh, and I saw so much and learned so much from her. My mother was uh, widowed in 1959 when she was seven or eight months pregnant with our youngest brother. And um, she raised all seven of us alone. She didn't even know how to drive a car when she was widowed. And she did such a fabulous job. It was, um, she just was so loving and so giving. And she actually was raised in a mission school. We're Native American and she was raised in a mission school. So she didn't really have any of the traditional uh parental guidelines or rules or she really didn't know what a traditional family was like but we were just all a team and we all took care of each other and we uh like everyone else here they we had neighbors that had kids we had the biggest yard so everybody was at our house all the time we just had a 
a whole boatload of kids in our in our yard because it was the biggest yard. But um, we were a team and everybody had to do something to support each other. And so that's where my independence comes from. It's if you we each had an assignment, we each had to do this or that and take care of each other and and um, walk each other to school or church or um, help each other with our homework. So it was it was um, just teamwork. Uh, but also the independence came from the fact that if you wanted something, you had to go out and get a job and buy it yourself. <laughs> so um, I've been working since I was 14. I'm still working. Um, and so that's where the independence comes from. And the fact that there was never any doubt that whatever we wanted to do, we could do. There was no barrier. There was no scripted, you can't do this because you're female or you can't do this um, because you can't afford it. Um, and so it was, um, uh, instilled in us that learning was the answer. Education was the answer. And I am the first college graduate in my family. And, um, and of course, Chloe's college graduate, but, um, the whole thing was, is that we, that we took care of each other and, um, and there was no, there was no barrier what you could do if you wanted to do it. And so that's where, um, the strength comes from and just having that for a role model that there was nothing. Why couldn't you do it if you wanted to do it? And um, the independence came from having being independent and learning that you had um, responsibilities to take care of yourself and others. Thank you. Um, so talk about your biggest accomplishment and your biggest challenge in motherhood. Okay, well, I know that you're not a project, but you are my biggest accomplishment, Chloe. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, being a mother is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I was a single parent, too, for the first five years. And I moved from, I lived in Southern California. I moved from Los Angeles County to Orange County and didn't know a single person when Chloe was a year old to take a new job. And I didn't have any of my friends lived 50 miles away. So it was really hard. Uh, when she was a child, a baby, right, basically in, in preschool and daycare, um, and not having a neighbor or a relative or a friend, really, to, to help the two of us. And um, But I did make friends fast, and my friends still commute 50 miles to come for our used-to-be dinners, dinner parties. And, and Chloe, for the first four or five birthdays never had a child at her birthday party <laughs> with all of my friends mm -hmm. are, are, are her California uh, aunts and uncles, as we call them, and that are still friends today and are like her uncles and aunts today. So, um, so that was really um, challenging. Um, but, you know, we, she made friends in preschool and daycare and play dates and, and, um, and always again, pushing education and her accomplishments were, um, I think the most important thing in being a parent is not necessarily re rewarding your child for doing a good job, but for trying, for giving an effort, for um, just trying, basically, because that's the most important thing is about teaching your children is is that they learn how to learn. Mm -hmm. And so that was, um, and so I'm very proud of Chloe and all of her accomplishments and her focus and her attention and her. Um, uh, her generosity and her kindness and her reaching out to others. Um, she has her degrees, you know, in mass communications and she, she knows how to reach people. And that's, that's her thing. She, 
knows how to communicate with people. I remember um, in high school, people would uh, put in her yearbook that, oh, thank you, Chloe. You were the first person that welcomed me to campus. I didn't know anybody. And you were the first person that that welcomed me and made me feel welcome. Um, so that, you know, that, that was a challenge being a single parent. And um, but I came from a single parent family. So um, it was doable. And, and we have a wonderful relationship. And I and I love and cherish that relationship. And now I have two beautiful grandchildren that I get to repeat that cycle with. So I'm very excited and looking forward to that. All right, Mom, Mary. Glad to have you. It, it's fun just listening to everyone's mom's talk. And it's like, yeah, definitely. I know their kid. Like, yeah, you understand each other better. Exactly. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, so mom, I have two kids now. Um, and I'm looking back at how you and dad parented me, uh, the things that I liked and things I didn't, which, you know, were few, most of it was likes, <laughs> um, uh, because I want to make sure that I'm giving my kids something that I don't have. And I'm not talking about anything financial or status related. I'm talking about their character. So I was curious, whenever you had me, was there anything in your character that you felt that you lacked that you wanted to make sure that I had? Um, I felt like my own lack of confidence as a child bled into my adult life and it just made things harder than they needed to be. So I felt reasonably equipped to teach you how to be kind, giving, truthful, but to foster confidence, you know, I was like, okay, I really want to do this. So um, I said a lot of prayers. I did a lot of positive affirmations and um, tried to, I don't know, expose you maybe to a broader range of um, activities, things to do. So then as parenting goes, one minute you're a toddler, the next minute you're a teenager. Um, I uh, had a monumental mom moment. And I'm going to coin that phrase, you know, <laughs> MMM. Um, so I was an adult sponsor at your Young Life camp. Is student that what life. student life camp? And I saw you performing in front of like 700 youth. You sang, you played your guitar, um, you sang the Shane and Shane uh, Breath of God song. And I just, I was just like, oh my gosh. Um, I was so emotional. And the whole time you were singing up there, I was just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, said that. Um, you answered my prayers. Mm. So anyway, I just um, um, feel like that that gave me a good sense of, okay, he's going to be all right, Lord. <laughs> um, and then there was a one time, I think this was maybe a year later or so, um, that I accidentally cut your hair to like be like a fourth of an inch long and stuff. I mean, I did this. Do you have, do you have pictures of this? Oh my gosh. I'd like to see it. I did the swipe and I was committed. Oh, and yeah. so the whole time I'm cutting the rest of his hair, I'm apologizing. I'm saying, Son, I'm so sorry. And I said, you don't have to go to school tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm um, like, that was going to make a big difference. Right, you right. Know, he was Just almost bald. Just back overnight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and stuff. Bald. But he's like, it's okay, mom. 
my hair will grow back. He went to school the next day. And I'm thinking that that took some courage. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was I was also in junior ROTC at the mm -hmm. time, so I felt like it was just a full send. <laughs> I was just I was committed to the military life of yeah, high school, it was good. and yeah. I just went with it. And I, I think something that I find really interesting is I never felt like you lacked confidence growing up. Mm -hmm. I never saw that. Yeah. yeah. And so it's even interesting just how we internalize what we believe that we don't have, or maybe we're trying to compensate for it, but just even in how you and dad talked with one another mm -hmm. in your conversations, I never felt a lack of confidence in anything. So I just think I, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Thanks son. It, it's, it's certainly been a lifelong endeavor for me. And I think I'm having one of those mom monumental mom moments right now. <laughs> um, sweet. And I do want to tell you all that I never cut his hair again. So, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. I refused. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I have, I've always tried to stay real mindful of how I cope with the good, the bad, the ugly in my life. And um, remembering that when our kids are at their worst is when we need to be at our best. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big believer in striving to model um, that behavior um, that I want my kids to replicate, um, striving to be Christ-like in my daily walk. Um, so that was, um, I mean, it's nice to hear you say that, son. It's sweet to me. Um, so my next monumental moment, mom moment, um, was when you were in college. Um, you were working a summer job. And what was the summer job doing? Uh, I'm talking about the camp. Yeah. Uh, the, mm -hmm. So this will be fun for everybody here at this table. Uh, so it basically it was a camp where they bust in a church was the sponsor and they bust in kids from trailer parks and underprivileged areas. And we basically ran a camp Monday to Friday. Fun fact. I was the English director. <laughs> let that let that sit in for a minute. How did you do that job? <laughs> you know what? Don't know. But I got it. And so I actually ran the English department for the for that wow. camp for the whole summer. Look at that. Anyway, wow. surprises. Did you get to wear a tank top at camp? Um I I I mean it was it was South Louisiana. We were all in high Yeah, tops. I was gonna say probably yeah, less that's than that. true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember the whole situation. I just remember you telling me that in it was a situation where emotions were high and you just you just rocked it. You helped process it and um negotiated, de-escalated the situation. And so after you told me all that, I remember just kind of being a little bit open mouth and said, um, son, how, how did you negotiate that so well? And um, you responded, mom, you probably didn't know that when I was in my room, I would listen to you and dad working through things and how you resolved issues and that's how I became a good negotiator. Oh my goodness. I wow. know, I know. And and so I don't know that I'm, I'm not sure that I deserve that cool compliment, but it really does drive home the point that our kids are listening and learning even when we don't know that they're listening. Mm. So, um, so I would like to say um, the same as some of the other mothers. Motherhood is indescribable joy. It's a ton of work. And if it feels like hard work, it's because it is mm -hmm. um, and stuff. But it is certainly the best job of my life. Mm. So, um, Mama, question. 
anything uh-huh. you would do more of or different um looking back now you can look back kids grandkids you're such an, a huge influence even on on your grandkids on our kids now um anything come to mind if i can look back and change anything yeah and not not in a regretful way but you know more like maybe let me play the drums when i was little you know or <laughs> let me go on that uh, mission trip no, i wanted to go to yeah, paris i mean are there is there anything you would look back on say you know what i should have just let janella do that <laughs> let me tell you about Janella. She's, where she's the best daughter. She's whole like, I'm your is... favorite. Don't ever tell anybody different. And I won't tell you she's not my favorite. <laughs> I will tell you she's different. I will tell you that. Okay. But but no, she's she's I, you guys have already experienced her kindness and her sweetness. So I think if I could do anything differently, and not because she's on this call, and not because she's my child. I, I would instill more kindness into them. Not that they weren't kind kids, but the spirit that she has now um, has been since childhood. And I just wish that that could have went, you know, through, throughout each all of them. The only other person that was kinder than her was my son. Uh, and, and that's the truth. When, he, when I say he would literally give you that shirt, Mm-hmm. And Janelle is that has that compassion for for seeing beyond those things that we may have doubts about as far as she's just okay. Well, let's just I just believe she's always I just believe that we should do A B C D. I'm just like oh God Jesus no, <laughs> but she has that she has that. So for sprinkle a little bit more of that into into the family, although I can start to see some of that in my grandchildren and even the greats. Thank you, Mama. So one thing that I've noticed kind of woven throughout all of the conversation right now is legacy and this legacy that you all have gifted us. And this is a big deal in my family. Um, We have this saying that we want to live a legacy of love. And my mom Mm. really lives that out in so many ways. And really identified that as our North star where we're pointing to as a family. And that's a lot of where our theme for the year comes from that idea of make love our legacy, but we have this rich tradition of love and it runs through multiple generations. And so mom, I'm curious, what is the most valuable lesson that your parents taught you? I, this is a very emotional moment for, for all of us, I think, as moms, as we get to look at our beautiful daughters and, and um, I don't know, in, in the season that we're in, it's just, I think all of our emotions are high and um, we're feeling very sentimental. And um, so anyways, I, I just love being here. I so admire all of you moms and what a joy it is to get to watch our daughters do beautiful things out there in the world to bring God's love to to so many. Um, as I, th- I had such an amazing, um, so many amazing role models in my life. Um, but I think the one that stands out to me today would be my Nana. Um, she was four foot something, um, and she was amazing. She loved Jesus. I can always remember her saying, 
Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And I think that was kind of an open door for all of us to fall in love with Jesus because she instilled in us that he loved us. Um, Nana and Granddad came over from England. I think Nana was 18 and maybe Granddad was about 21. Um, They ended up having six children. And their home was the hub for all the relatives that came over, for all the friends that they made. And it was a tiny little two-bedroom house. Um, But it was just uh, amazing. And Nana was the kind of person, she had a gift of hospitality. And she could take a tiny little roast that she was going to serve to maybe four people. And, um, And she could make that roast with loaves and fishes from God, Mm. uh, feed 25 people and everybody left full and happy and, um, just very content. She, she was just this amazing woman. And, um, I think the most important thing that Nana gifted us with, um, was that she knew how to love and she loved from, um, a foundation of grace without judgment and um it's something that i always wanted to have was that beautiful love that nana poured out on us and i as i look at mandy mandy has that gift to be able to use her words wisely um without judgment and um it's it's truly a gift to be able to have that because um in the world that we're living in where words are so freely thrown out there um how beautiful it is when somebody speaks wisely and with love and without judgment now on the other side i've never seen mandy uh feed 30 people with a tiny little roast <laughs> bee so that's something that she's going to have to yeah, have to work on that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i just think my nana's home was just filled with so much love Um, They had six kids in a two-bedroom house, and then they would pack all these other people in there. And just like all of the other stories, these beautiful stories from all you moms, um, people felt welcome there, and they felt valued there. And isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's where that legacy of love is. And when I say the legacy of love, it's just like, I'm hoping that my family will love others so that they'll fall in love with Jesus because that's the most important thing. So if we can make an, bring an open door through loving others so that they get to know Jesus and his love for them, that's the legacy that I hope um, our family can leave. It's interesting that throughout this conversation, there have been such consistent themes, Mm -hmm. right? And one of the themes that I want to resonate with is friendship and having your team, having your people around you. And that's one thing my mom has been incredible at. She is an incredible friend and also a friend gatherer. Like there have been times where she meets someone on an airplane and they're at our house for the next Thanksgiving, right? So she just gathers people around her and it's because she's such a good friend and that's something I really admire about her. And so mom, I'm curious how you have made that a priority and how you have worked to become a good friend because I see that in you and it's something that I want to be better at. I, I am not a natural, I'm, I have introvert tendencies. Um, and so being a master at, um, going out and getting friends, it's not 
does not come natural to me. But I think maybe, Mandy, what you've seen in me is um, the gift that I've received from my friends that God's brought into my life. Um, I have my very dear friends um, in New York that we've grown up together and we still cherish our friendships. But then again, when we moved out here, being an introvert, um, it was not easy for me to just go out and be friends with folks. Um, And so I'm not naturally made to go out and be friends, but I am a good observer of how people do friendships well. And so when I watch other people who are good friends, it has helped me to maybe master uh, being a a good friend as well. Um, One of the funny stories that we always like to share is one of my best friends in California, Jody. um, She is passionate and she's she has, she's got that gift of perseverance, which is sometimes very scary. Um, because when we first moved out here, Jody, uh, we were we were uh, involved with Pop Warner football. Um, our, ho- our husbands were coaching together. And Jody called me one day and she goes, I just know that we're really going to be best friends. And um, honestly, she scared me because... Where did all of this energy come from? And I didn't even know whether I wanted to be her friend or not. And back to this day, she she tells everybody, this is my friend Cindy. I made her be my friend. And um, I just love her pers- perseverance and her passion. And, and now our friendship is like sisters. So um, I I don't know. I, I know you have to work at, at friendships um, mm-hmm. uh, and learn from others who do it well. Uh, I have an incredible group of moms and friends that I could not do life without. Uh, We have one of these very special um, secret things that we do uh, when we get together uh, at Bible studies or just as friends. And uh, what we do is we say we have this special place and it's called the vault. And it's a place where we can sit and we can share our hearts, our struggles, things that we just don't share with everybody. Um, there are safe and trusted friends. It's a safe and trusted place. And we know that if we say, okay, I got something that's got to go on the vault. We all know, okay, this is serious. We need to listen. We need to be attentive. We need to support each other. And it has to stay within this special group. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I, I just couldn't do life without my friends. And I think as we get older, I think we could always all agree that those friendships just get more special and more special as the years go on because we've done more life and more life and more life together. And, um, you know, they're they're actually the living testimonies of how God has brought us through different situations because they know the ins and outs of our lives. So I would always encourage women to just like these other moms have said, find your people, find your Find your place, find your tribe, find those places where you can have a vault, where you can just be open and honest and and know that you're safe. So good. That is good. The family vault. I love that. I wrote that down. I love that. (laughs) And let me tell you, the vault is very full. There's a a lot. There's a lot there. More than one vault. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the trust, though, you know, but... Any prayer request that that you ask 
I feel like of of your mom and and her friends, um, it could be trusted mm-hmm. and cared for. Absolutely. And I feel that way when I ask you to pray for something, Mandy. So she raised you in that same way. Oh, so good to hear from our moms. And Chloe, you actually pulled moms on social recently. And the question was, what is the best piece of mothering advice you received? I can't wait to hear the answers. Yeah, we got um, a lot of great advice, you know, apart from our own hearing our own mom's advice. That was so awesome. Um, so someone said there is not only one right way to parent. And um, along those same lines, you were chosen to be your kid's mama. You're the only one perfect for them. And I think that's so important to hear and to remember, um, especially in those hard moments. Uh, Someone else said, happy mama, happy baby. Take care of yourself. It matters. Um, Love this one. Everyone is just winging it forever. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) true. Very true. No matter how many books you read or mom groups you're, you're in with advice, you know, it's just everyone's just kind of winging it. Um, and, uh, choose your battles and the housework will still be there tomorrow. Have fun. I think that's so important. Just be there in the moment, create those memories. Don't be afraid of that. Um, and, and, you know, to end it, it's not, it's okay to not enjoy every moment. Um, you know, it's okay. Just like we were saying earlier, you know, just feel those feelings. Um, it's okay to, to, to do that. So good. I heard someone say once that you can read a ton of books about how to be a mom, but no books, how to be a mom to your kid. Mm. And I thought that was so true. So good, 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 good. Love the collective wisdom from our moms on social. All right. To wrap up, I just want to offer a Mother's Day blessing for the moms. And so here it goes. God, this week, may you fortify the moms. When so much of what we do isn't seen by others, it's tempting to believe that it isn't significant in the big scheme of things. But these are actually world-changing things. And it's the result of these unseen prayers and hugs and faithfulness that will be remembered for generations. And so where there is a lack of energy or patience or money or perspective, would you provide plenty? And for the ones who don't feel like they are enough, remind them today that all is well because they are loved just as they are no matter what. And for the moms who are facing an impossible situation or an impossibly trying kid, would you swoop in and show them that you are a God who can turn things around at a moment's notice and give us moms a supernatural insight to know what our kids need on a soul level so that they can feel whole and loved as well. Where there are hurts or regret that are too tender to even say out loud, May healing come in wave after wave of relief and freedom. In the morning, wake us up with joy and in the evenings, provide eight hours of uninterrupted sleep so that we can show up in the world with so much love, forgiveness, kindness, and fun that our families rise up and call us blessed. Let it be so. Amen. Hey friends, thank you for joining us for Moms Unscripted, a production of Mops International. A quick reminder that opinions discussed are solely the opinions of the individuals and do not necessarily represent the organization. For more information on today's episode, please visit mops.org backslash Moms Unscripted podcast for show notes. And join us again next week for another unscripted conversation around the Mops table.